So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here in Caught Stealing with E. Marquez, I'm back for another episode, another, uh, another, uh, let's just say, slow sports week episode. What I'm going to do here today is I'm going to do a watch along. Uh, it's a thing that I do with the games, sports games. With the sports games, I try to do it live, right? Um, but now I'm going to do it with shows because baseball players, we, we have to be, we, we, we got a lot of time on our hands. There's some times where rain delay theater, we got to watch TV shows, we got to watch movies, um, we got to play golf, we got to do things that take our time. Remember, the game of baseball is, is a relaxed, calm, uh, slow-paced, easygoing. It's, it's, it's slow and then explosive, and, and that's baseball. But, uh, you know, watch-alongs, I, I like to do it for the games, football, basketball, baseball. But since I, I'm a baseball player and I watch uh, a lot of movies, I figured... Let me get you guys into these movies that I'm into. Uh, let me let me see. Let me show you how I watch these shows. Now, you know, a lot of these shows that I watch are mindless thought pot. You know, just either background uh, background noise or or just uh, you know, was, you know, killing time. But there is some shows that I watch that you know you gotta you gotta think through. You gotta. You got to watch, maybe even listen to a podcast after about it, like Game of Thrones or The Witcher. Um, you know, you, sometimes you got to dig deep into it. Uh, but then there's other shows and then there's other movies like Turner and Hooch or, um, you know, like Devil Wears Prada that, you know, they're just they're just there, you know. And, you know, you got your 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 favorite actress or actor working in it. So you just got to watch it or have it in the background. Miss Doubtfire, you know. But, yeah, you know, I like to do these shows because it, it, it's it's fun and, you know, I could get content, good content out. Uh, by no means am I trying to piggyback off of, uh, you know, the show or whatever. I'm trying to get people to watch the show so they can see what I'm talking about and see the entertainment and see the entertainment value in in, in watching these shows. It's pretty cool. It's it's. It's it's uh it's fun. So that's what this episode is. It's a watch along of Lorena on Amazon Prime. So welcome to Caught Stealing. I am doing a new segment or a new recording, whatever you want to call it. It is uh I'm gonna do a watch along of a show on Prime Video. It's a series called Rol Lorena. Well, it's about the story of Lorena Bobbitt and uh, how she cut her husband's uh, manhood off. So we're going to play the first episode, which I think is the most significant. Uh, maybe I'll do the next ones. Uh, the, the episodes are titled The Night Of... A woman in trouble, an ir irresistible, oh, an irresistible impulse, the cycle of abuse. Those are four. It's a mini series. So I'm gonna play the first one. Let's see, you get it in the back. We're gonna just do a watch along. Folks, there are certain newsmakers that we'll always remember, but few tales have left a bigger impact than John and Lorena Bobbitt's. Hey. Their marriage came to a gruesome conclusion when, in a fit of rage, it's Lorena committed the one act every Steve man Harvey. fears the most. <laughs> Joining us now, please welcome Lorena Bobbitt. I'm going to ask you this question. What, what made you take it, though? I mean, you cut it off. <laughs> Why you leave with it? That's what I'm... Now, we got to go find it. Yes. You know, who you out here? It's got grass on it. I'm trying... They did. They did. 
<laughs> Take me back to that time. What what happened? 1993. June 23rd. Manasses. Man, man ass asses. It was a night in um, Virginia. I heard a call go out to the hospital. I was answering the telephones and I received the call from Manassas City Police Department. Manassas. They were requesting that county officers respond there. <laughs> it's it just, just all messed up. You have Manassas asses. Manassas ass. <laughs> I guess I gotta read this out because you can't hear the audio. It was just. It says, uh, Hello, this is dispatch. Hi, this guy walked into Prince William's hospital. He was uh, he was assaulted by his wife. It might uh, you need to send somebody over here. Responder was not a big deal. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Do you know? Don't have any information because right now that guy is in some serious pain. I get to Prince William Hospital, where I meet a couple of the Manassas City Police officers that had been previously dispatched to the call. One of the officers who I know uh, came to me and he goes, Danny, you're not going to believe this. And uh, I was like, what? What's what's up? And he goes, um, this guy's wife pulled his dick off. <laughs> Chapter one, the night of. And I'm going to bring it short. I'm not going to. This is an hour long episode. I'm not going to. I got to figure out a way to make it short. We didn't want to give short, that information so. over the radio. The news media would pick up on it's that. The dispatcher quickly. How, how do you know how much damage has been done? Evidently, it must have been. Apparently, the hospital needs. Okay, let's slow down here. I want to. I don't pause it because they they're doing the dispatch, but uh, <laughs> uh, you can't hear the audio and then they go by quick. Uh, I don't know how much damage has been done. It evidently must have been quite a bit. Then the response. Apparently, the hospital needs it ASAP to try and salvage the, this man's dignity. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of other resources uh, to actually. Is the police officer talking? Uh, deal with this particular call for service. Uh, one of the officers came across radio. I need an officer to come by the hospital and um, another officer get a key to go to the apartment and look for the appendage. And I was just like, an appendage? You know, you know, what could that have been? Your appendage. We didn't have cell phones then. Uh, everything that we communicated amongst each other was over the radio. Thought in my mind, I said, I can't say penis on the radio. There's, there's seven words you can't say on TV. I'm sure penis somehow winds up in there. I arrived at the hospital and I was uh, directed to the room where the victim was. And when they pulled back the sheet, I the saw crime scene technician. a man's testicles or scrotum without the penis. It was cut very clean. <laughs> I get this call. I can't remember exactly. Something like 4 in the morning, 3 So here's the, the microsurgeon. My wife actually was away with the kids, so it was just me by myself. I said, do you have the part? And they said, we don't. I said, so should I bother coming down? I said, if you can't find it, I can't put it back on. And at that point, it hadn't been. Uh, it and hadn't been found. It hadn't been heard from. It was Funny lost guy. in action. Uh, and so when I got to the ER, <laughs> I was confronted uh, with John on his back, uh, bleeding profusely. He'd lost about a third of his blood volume. Holy shit. And at that point, the only option was to do what we call a perineal urethrostomy, which is to expose the uh, mid-bulbous urethra to the perineum so he could sit to pee like a woman for the rest of his life. And that's Holy where I shit. thought we were headed. And he laughs. <laughs> oh, the urologist cracks me up. Here goes. Here goes Baba. Playing around with me while I was sleeping, but I, you know, I think she was trying to get me excited or something. Then she put her arms around me at the same time. He's been interviewed in the past. You know, 
falling back to sleep. Right now. Well, she was now, she was playing around with me you know, when I was sleeping because I remember old balding, you know, playing around and then so it was a, a pole then a jerk. It was horrifying. It was very, uh, it was terrifying. I was confused. Uh, I thought I was dreaming. And I'm thinking, okay, Freddy Krueger's hand came through the wall. Harry, <laughs> you know? I'm bleeding to death, you know, bleeding blood everywhere, and my penis is gone. And uh, all I can think of now is I better not go back to sleep. <laughs> so I collected myself and applied pressure, and uh, um, my friend Robbie was staying with us. I woke Rob, my friend up, I kicked him, and um, he didn't realize what was happening. Because uh, he just woke up of asleep, I kind of was like waiting for my friend to get ready. Because he, he went and brushed his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so he's on a talk show in the past. So why do you think she did this? To you? <laughs> so the boy went to go brush oh, his I teeth. I was divorcing her, leaving leaving the marriage. Told her that our marriage didn't work out. She wanted to keep the marriage and uh, try to make it work, and uh, she felt real hurt about me ending it. But I didn't know how shocked she was. I thought she was just gonna be as happy as I was calling it quits, but us men don't understand women. So it didn't work out that way. So when I came in the first thing in the morning, I was told to respond over to Maplewood Drive in regards to um, a wife that had cut her husband's penis off. And uh, the sergeant at the time, Jerry Hawks, advised that they thought she had swallowed the penis. So I had to go over there like immediately as soon as I got in the door. When I arrived on the scene, the first thing I noticed was there was blood droplets in the parking lot next to where these cars would be. Going into the sidewalk and going up the stairs to apartment number five. And then went through the living room and into a bedroom on the left-hand side, which would be probably that balcony right up there. When I first came into the apartment, two things I'm doing, I wanted to try to find the, um, the, the body part of the penis, but also I didn't want to disturb the crime scene as much as I could. When I got to the bed, I remember shining my, um, my, my, my flashlight, and even to this day I have this vivid picture of a, um, a butt imprint. And inside the butt imprint, if I would have actually stuck my fingers down and measured, it probably it seemed like about a good inch deep that was filled with blood. And I could see where if he would have swung his legs over to the side of the bed, there was a V-shaped um, blood spatter that was uh, pulsed in waves that was landed onto the carpet. From what I was advised, he was extremely intoxicated, and that's why he laid on the bed for a while after the, the, um, the penis was cut off. I don't think he felt it right away. I finished looking in the bedroom as much as I could, looking for the penis, and I didn't see anything in there. Hmm. But I did remember that he said something about a knife. So I walked in the kitchen, and I remember looking around the kitchen. Of course, we searched in the sink, in the um, garbage disposal, the freezer. I remember even in the kitchen looking in the dishwasher. <laughs> they located some pamphlets. All right, so they're just showing what they went through. They're talking about how there were some pamphlets of rape and domestic violence in the room. Uh, I think this part. Nobody was there. So this is Lorena talking the night that she cut it off. Nobody was there. She went to her so work. I, uh, I, I just keep on. I guess looking for her balls. Crying and screaming and I felt. Was open the doors. Where's Jana? Jana is the the owner. Now, now this whole thing just takes a turn for ridiculousness because of station. Jana. And she was there to report the sexual abuse that she had endured 
from Mr. Bobbitt. I commented to her that we did have a detective on the way and we were going to get to that. Um, but we need to save the guy I penis. to ask her what she had done with Mr. Bobbitt's penis. Uh, that was kind of the urgent matter at hand. I could see her face. It actually, she just gave me that, oh my the God. The whole setup. It just brought the her back to The whole setup of this interview with Lorena, it's like crazy. I said, just look around. Um, they said, no, we, we look around the, the apartment. We cannot find it. She was clearly out of her mind. I said, I remember tossing things uh, out of the car. Ask her. She's clearly out of her mind. She's driving with it in her hand. Look around in the corner. There's 7-Eleven. Oh, man. Then they went there immediately. And it had to be one sharp-ass knife. I'm telling you. I originally thought it was like a cooking shears. Or meat shears. Those things will cut anything. But, uh... She tossed it out her left side, driver's side window. She was driving, so she threw it, her left arm out, would throw it over the roof, and went over the, the side and landed in a uh, grassy area, tall grassy how, how area. Lucky I, I remember is John being about need to how fly lucky? high at that time. She could have done anything with it. I was here for approximately an like hour, and the then I was life. advised that the knife was located in another county where. Marina Bobbitt worked. And then I was advised that she had thrown the knife into the garbage can. I had to get there before the garbage service came and collected the trash. And it was garbage day. So I had to get there fast. It was very difficult to get it out. I had to reach down in there practically on my hands, standing in the handstand to get the knife out. And when I came out with the knife, some guy was standing there and he was like, oh my. It, that's the technician. I found out that she had not swallowed the penis <laughs> and she had thrown it in a, a corner field. They all responded over there to try to look for it. Mike Perry got there. Um, Volunteer firefighter. He, he, he He's on the stand. To the sergeant and asked him, said, hey, Sergeant Hurley. And, and the sergeant just took his hand and just pointed straight down. He <laughs> wouldn't even get close to it. To it. I mean, he would just, came in, it's right there. It's like a thimble. Religious. And he didn't want to apparently put his oh, hands on The sergeant it. is religious, I guess. Didn't want to touch the knob. The, the, the little stepped nib. on it. And indicated that <laughs> there it is. And then Officer Perry retrieved it. In fact, I had to take pictures a couple days later of him standing oh, next to where he found it, pointing at the ground. <laughs> a firefighter was the one who find it and pick it up, I guess, from a, from a grassy area. The couch that Lorena oh, sitting in looks so comfortable. Oh my God. I guess it's in her house or something. But... <laughs> I, I found it interesting that it took so long for them to say where I'm not she quite came sure from. why nobody wanted to handle this thing. Here's, here's their uh, urologist. But rescue squads have gloves, so that was always fortuitous. And with that, it was carried uh, ceremoniously into the 7-Eleven where uh, somebody knew to put it on ice in a hot dog bag, of all things. <laughs> so I pushed John up to the OR and knew that I had this item on its way. Successful operation being performed is very questionable. We'll fill in the details. The part comes in and we're washing it up the sink with some Visahex and then just there it is, the little put it in ice. Uh, and this thing is cut clean. Till it gets put back on. And the thing is, is this this thing like it looks like it's got the ring. So you when you do steaks and you get the like the medium well or like the medium rare. And you got the ring or like the smoker's ring. That's what it looks like. Like it, it's cut clean. That knife that lady used was remarkable. Was rem oh my god! I'm 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 we're gonna throw up. It's so funny. It looks like the tip of your th your thumbnail or the knuckle <laughs> the knuckle from your thumb up. That's how it looks. It's just shriveled up.
I'd never done one of these before. I do microsurgery at the time. But I sort of had a game plan, which was essentially just connecting the artery and the major veins. And they show it. Oh, Dr. my God. Dr. was nuts. Um, the one who had to do most of the work under the microscope. But Dr. Singh made sure the plumbing worked OK. <laughs> That's the urologist, my guy. The only time I remember being a bit tense is um, I secured a tourniquet at the base of the penis just for the blood supply. The key point is when you take the tourniquet off, you got to have flow. So there was that sort of moment of, God, it better work. That tourniquet came off, and uh, the penis pinked up, and it looked uh, really terrific right from the start. <laughs> there were policemen on the scene sitting with their <laughs> legs crossed. <laughs> I'll be right back. I uh, have to attend to something. Is charged uh, with the crime of malicious wounding. No, no, no. Let me see. Are you ready to proceed? I don't know. I... At a preliminary hearing this morning, a Hold Prince on, William a County police more. detective read from a statement Lorraine Bobbitt made. When I was at the hospital, I needed to talk to a detective. And the morning uh, after the incident. That was Detective Wins. I should have just got an attorney. I didn't know any better. Then I was angry already, and I turned my back, and I, the first thing I saw was the knife. Then I said, I asked him if he was satisfied with what he did, and he just half asleep or something. He always have orgasm, and he doesn't wait for me to have an orgasm. He's selfish. I don't think it's fair. So I pulled back the shirt with the sheets. Then I did it. <laughs> because he have orgasm and not wait for me. And that frustrated her. So she went into the kitchen, got the knife, came in and cut it off. That is not really, in my opinion, what was being said there. You have the problem of the second language. They, uh, you the problem attorney. of the woman who was hysterical at the time that the comments were made. Okay, okay. I was in shock still to what yeah. happened. I didn't know, I didn't understand, I didn't... That's fine. No, I understand. I mean, that's clearly what I happened there, but... I was... I was in trouble. The only time I remember being a bit tense is... Um, so we're back I secured here, a tourniquet at the uh, base of the penis just for the blood supply. Of Lorena, the key point the, is when you take uh, the tourniquet off, you gotta have flow. Of so Lorena Bobbitt sort of and John Bobbitt. Better work. That tourniquet came off, and... Uh, the penis pinked up, and it looked uh, really terrific right from the start. <laughs> I just get a kick out of that guy. Looked really there terrific. There were policemen on the scene, sitting with their <laughs> legs crossed and <laughs> in a protective stance, thinking about all this. I mean, when a woman cuts up a man's penis, it didn't happen every day. You know, oh man, I started thinking about my wife, you know. <laughs> Being a woman, it, it wasn't as big a deal for us. You know, we're like thinking, God, what did he do to make her do something like that. Uh, she just snapped. She just snapped. Maybe he was. Maybe he was getting it down. I Maybe to go he was. To the hospital for this rape kid. Maybe he I was smacking her around, hitting her, and doing all this Joe stuff. But raping it's me true. a lot. She just snapped. As much as I wanted to fight him and say no, it seems like the more he, he just wanted to do it. The show puts I on... I was in one side I... of the hospital and then he was at the same time at the same hospital. He was on the other side of the hospital. <laughs> what was your reaction? When you found out what happened to your brother? The if I had seen her, I would have killed her. And this is John Bobbitt's brother talking. The you men in the audience her, are clapping like a bunch of idiots. Where did you go looking for her? And, you know, I didn't even know where to go looking, but I looked. If the cops didn't meet us at the hospital, we would have found her. You think she tried to kill him? I think she tried to hurt him in the worst way possible for any man. She did worse than kill him. She took away the thing that means most to a man, you know? Four years earlier. Now they talk about, it's 1989, 
It took 100 years to create the first shelter for battered women. So they, they go they go on here the talking States about domestic Congress violence. Passed its first um, law to prevent cruelty to animals. Battery is the single most significant cause of injury to women in this country. It is an overwhelming moral, economic, and they thought I won't be believed. Rape or in I'll the U.S. Or I'll and be it, this is not that as important, but it's assistant. like telling the world. You know, they're they're putting in is the most difficult they're, experience they're in, in my life. They're trying to put in context. I felt that I had I'm not to saying, tell the truth. I'm not saying I could not that, keep that silent. this is not relevant. What, what is going on here is um, in the Senate, I don't I don't know and it was it, very if this is all happening for Lorena. Like, it, I, I'm not convinced that the Lorena Bobbitt uh, has any connection to this stuff. Domestic violence, you know, battery on women, uh, and that Anita Hill with... Uh, it is the man who has the credibility. It's the man who has the authority. This lady's hair is wild. The man that's talking right now. Clarence Thomas. Live in West Palm but, Beach, I'll have the story of the Kennedy rape case tonight. And then, you know, there's the Kennedy rape. See, a lot of this stuff is just, you know, I, I think it's made for TV. charges have been dismissed for lack of evidence. No woman should be ashamed to come forward and say, I've been wronged. Prince William County area. So they go back the to the John Wayne Bobbitt. Now, now, like for a newspaper like the Washington Post, was was huge. Now they're talking about so the trial process and what's going on here. Immediately get to the Manassas County Courthouse. I had no idea if the suspect was there, um, and I didn't at that time really know who she was. When I walked in the courthouse, there was two Hispanics: uh, myself and the woman who I later learned was Lorena Bobbitt. And the only words the thing that I find interesting were, is he raped me. He raped me. The thing that I find interesting is that his case, he his rape case, his domestic violence case, happened first before her case of attempted murder or manslaughter, literally <laughs> manslaughter. But I went to I don't know how the court system works. I, you know, it's it's such a and then it's interesting. Lady. She was like reading the newspaper and she said something like, this is great. Somebody finally did what I always wanted to do. Now, now here comes the women um, saying that, yeah, I would have done the same shit. Uh, yeah, good power to the women. Um, she did right, and you know they. People were like, "Holy shit!" Like this is a this neighbor talking. Chopped off this guy's dick. <laughs> Who in their right mind doesn't think that's crazy? A slice of wife, mutilation. What he did wasn't wrong. Woman in self-defense. I left my ass off. To be honest <laughs> with you, what I found neighbor. out that happened. Somebody from the apartment just told me, "Hey, she got this thing off." I said, "What?" <laughs> These are neighbors. You see it on the news. What happened to him? Hey, Andrew Dice Clay. Where'd you draw it? <laughs> she told them where the dick was. Here's Whoopi Goldberg. See, I would not have told her. She would have never cut anybody's dick off. None of these girls yeah, would have done I, it. I definitely have to get a good comedy script written up. That's this John Wayne Bobbitt. Jeffrey Dahmer called Lorraine up and said, You can eat that. <laughs> he's talking, I mean, he's. Good thing they found it. Yeah, good thing they found it, dude. Look real funny in a milk carton. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he laughs about it now. Thirty what? TV Thirty years ago? Thirty years? Thirty-five years later? Put on the air, but I'd never experienced so many people. Twenty-five years to later. Be interviewed. So you're a celebrity these days, I understand. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of publicity so with the case, as you can imagine. Dr. Berman, uh, Mike, our stage manager, said you're too young to know anything about penises, but are you a microsurgeon? Yeah, I do microvascular surgery. This is the first time I've put a penis back on. It's a really uncommon injury. Um, I've never done one, never seen one. Will he ever, ever have a normal sex life again? I'm optimistic that he'll regain virtually all of his normal function, wow. but we absolutely don't know, and we How really won't know for two entire years. It's possible he could still be a sexual cripple. Eventually, obviously, it was an international news. It was huge. 
I needed help. So I asked Jenna what to do. And Jenna was Lorena's boss at, at the at the salon, Jenna the nail place. was my first boss. And she I took it to another level. And it's a blonde-headed chick, light eyes. Scars, you know, she's, you know, she's attractive. She she took it to she another level. And I think she's the one that made it new. She was busy all the time. And I wanted to be like that. And she she got her a, pl a publicist. At that time. And I worked for her new salon in Centerville. She hired me, an attorney, James Lowe. And she hired me, an agent manager from Hollywood. Unreal. Now this guy is... Uh, this guy, he's a clear uh, fixer-looking type guy. At night from a good friend of mine in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, Lorena's a media representative. Of Jana. Uh, I've got somebody I think is really going to need protection from the media, and I think you can do it. So once I agreed to be her media rep, I printed probably a thousand cards. business cards. And I said, when somebody wants to interview you or they want you to make one line comment, say, I really don't have anything to say, contact my uh, media representative. Wow. See, this takes it to a whole nother level. A whole nother level. And remember, this is around the time where... So in working for the Manassas uh, paper, the Journal Messenger, I was this is around the, the time where. O.J. Simpson was... At the time, you could not say penis. You did not say that in family newspapers. So how do you refer to this body part? Well, it's interesting appendage. about the word penis I love because my father was an OBGYN. <laughs> and my father didn't even use here's the anatomical uh, words for what he Bob did. Both for men or women. It was just their generation. They didn't call it Husband what it was. Husband organs cut off. Wife of course, claims I'm he was using her. penis a lot. Had to in this case. You know, I'm not going to say you cut off your dingaling. I mean, it's ridiculous. Pocket. I think this is the first penis. time that, that word so here goes came my out guy. of the closet in the, American the culture in the New York Times. I think the V word had already been out to some degree, but it was a cultural moment for the P word to get some airing. <laughs> he loves it. That guy loves that guy loves the P word. He loves he loves fantastic Most penis. Most newspapers had a practice that if you were the victim of a sex crime, you were never identified. Here's a writer for the Washington Post. And then I learned one day that Lorena had hired a public relations firm. And I called my editors and let them know uh, of this development. And the editor said, okay, well, if she's hired a publicist, then she knows that uh, we're going to use her name. She wants her name used. Right, right. Mrs. Bobbitt. Lorena Bobbitt, 24 years old. My name, it was a nightmare. Everybody wanted a piece of me. They wanted to haunt me, you know, down the streets. Um, looking for, you know, I, I couldn't get out of the house. Oh, oh, she couldn't get out of the house. Her attorney never oh. forgave the Washington Post for that. Say. So much so that uh, the first print interview extensively that she gave, um, she gave to Vanity Fair. And in this print interview, she's Vanity taking photos. Vanity Fair seemed to be, in my pre-interviews with them, that they didn't want to spin or manipulate the story. And I thought, we have an opportunity right now, before the trials, to get the truth of the story out. I had just made a deal with Vanity Fair, and I got a call from my new Vanity Fair editor, and he said, we want you to do Lorena Bobbitt. I think she's giving one interview at this point, one print interview. Nobody had seen her, and this is pre-internet. She was this figure cloaked in mystique. It was just around the new the internet, but this is free that pictures on the net. This was free everything. Lorena and Jana to his place, where the shoot for Vanity Fair would take place. And the photographer was Mary Ellen Mark, who was very well known. 
It was very clear from my Vanity Fair editor that had Lorena and John not been an attractive couple, it would have been much less of a thing. Absolutely. So Jenna... There was a whole deal about what was Lorena going to wear. She came with a Mickey Mouse shirt, I think. She's taking these sexy photos in bathing suits. One of the things that Jana said at the, at the outset was, there is no way Lorena is going to get into her, be shot in her bathing suit in the, in the pool. And then she's it in the It took Mary Ellen about five minutes to get her in the bathing suit in the pool. And I said, you know, if you don't stop taking pictures, there will be no words to go around the pictures. And Lorena, I have to, I do remember this little thing where she sort of patted on my arm and said, don't worry, I'll do the interview, don't worry. Just don't know the motivation. The thing you about know, that I interview, have I have no to say, is she didn't come it. across as Six lies and an you know, eight you could inch tell, carving like, knife. She wasn't really in a place to present her case to the world. Uh, at this point, it gets into the courthouse. There's about 30 minutes left. Okay. We're back here with the uh, finale <clears throat> of episode one, The Night of Lorena. Why? Yeah. Yeah, we're getting ready to, uh, to get ready to take my picture for the Bobbitt case, like, like he did yours. <laughs> I didn't charge you. Uh, John initially, and, and the women's groups were, were really upset that he, he had not been charged. Paul Ebert, the prosecutor in the case, is called Butch Ebert by his friends. Uh, he's a man who spends a great deal of time uh, hunting and fishing. He's an outdoorsman. He's a man who uh, was appointed to be the Commonwealth attorney at the age of 30. That was the youngest of anyone to become a Commonwealth attorney in the history of the state of Virginia. Quite, quite a claim to fame. Guy, he's um, he's been doing it a long time. Before the sniper case came along, I said I'm, I'm, I'm known as a penis prosecutor. <laughs> quite, quite a claim to fame. And you know, he's a sharp guy. He comes across as sort of this, you know, I'm just a country lawyer kind of attitude. Yeah, you take, take a picture of whatever you want. Okay, thank you so much. I can take the picture of everything in here except my penis. <laughs> when they came to me about the case, I told my, the attorney in my office I probably wasn't interested because what I had heard was that uh, John was being accused of having raped his wife. Um, and had been a batterer. So that's what John Wayne did. After meeting with John, that's when my decision as to whether I would charged. take on the representation changed. So now they're basically showing him going in and out the courthouse. This guy talking is the, uh, the attorney of John Bobbitt. He's the dependent one in this relationship. <clears throat> We had a psychological test done on John. And John is not capable of really telling a lie because he doesn't handle, he, he can't do the complexity that's required to make a, to, to sell a lie, if you will. One of the facts that impressed me the most was that the police had been called three or four times in their relationship. Three of those times, John had called them. And the fourth time, Lorena's mother was actually there. It was over Thanksgiving. And uh, Lorena called the police at that time. Police came, and the mother said that her daughter was the cause of it all, and not John. That right there, John you already the know there's something going on. Her own mom was saying that she's, Test done on she's the problem indicate she had sexual intercourse in those issues. Before the cutting incident. In statements to police, John Bobbitt <clears throat> has denied having sex with his wife that morning. Mr. Bobbitt made several different statements uh, uh, in his account. In, in all these statements, differs greatly from Mrs. Bobbitt's account. If they did have sex, there's nothing wrong with the two of them having sex. The question is whether there was a, a sexual assault upon her, and uh, that's the issue. I think Lorena wants Lorena wants to one was you had to be Lorena wants it to be that she's been in an abusive relationship 
And John and 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 his attorneys are saying, no, they they had consensual that same night. So where's the abusive relationship? But you know, this is where it gets. You know, like I mentioned before, this is it's in a comical situation. Like they're 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 blowing it up now. It is extraordinary. Okay, it's an extraordinary case, but now it's being blown up. There's being added an extra extraordinary. So, separated from your spouse at the time of the crime, and secondarily, you had to um, cause permanent damage or significant damage, uh, a physical bodily damage. That's the problem with the idea of marital rape. It's that is truly behind closed doors. And it's not an easy thing to prove in any setting, I assume. And that would be true in this case as well. We are still in a situation where people believe Lisa Wolf, that a woman's man's policy wife is his property and that center. a woman must have sex with her husband when he wants to, regardless of her desires. And the states are all spread out across the map in terms lady. of which ones recognize that a CNN husband can forcibly rape his wife and which ones say if they're married, it's sex, it's not rape. So apparently there's martial rape laws. Um, and the map they give, I guess they're the highlighted ones. It's, it's like a light pink and then there's like a brown green on the other ones. So I'm assuming they're the highlighted ones. And in these martial rape laws, you have Oregon, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Minnesota... You got, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Montana. You got this Nevada. That's it's not in there. It's uh, Colorado. Here's uh, Arizona, and you have uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia. That. Uh, North Carolina and New England states. Uh, they're just bundled up over there. Uh, so, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know what this is. I don't know what the martial rape law is. What John was eventually charged with was malicious sexual assault, uh, which carried a lesser penalty. He faces 20 years in prison as opposed to life in prison uh, had he been convicted of rape. That's, it was shortly after that's a that, big deal. that 2020 came to us and, wanted, and said they were going to do a story on this the Friday night before the, of the week before the trial. And I said, I asked them, please don't, you know. We'll give you first access to John and an interview if you hold off on the story till after the trial. They refused. From ABC News, around the world and into your home, this is 2020. Well, in an exclusive interview with Tom Gerald, Lorena Bobbitt, the woman who did the unthinkable, gives some answers. What kind of a woman could strike out in such a shocking way? What had driven her to such abhorrent behavior? Mrs. Bobbitt claims that throughout their marriage, her husband had forced sex on her again and again and again. I, I screamed at him before because I didn't want to have sex and um, because I felt like it wasn't right. Did you ever think he might kill you? Yes. Bobbitt's attorney, Gregory Murphy, said John will voice his defense only in testimony at the trial and not to 2020. Now, all this stuff you is... ask him specifically? So this is where the whole show leads up to. Absolutely, I asked him. And what did he say? Absolutely denied. There was this portrait being painted of John, and I thought the longer they did not hear from John, the more interested I hoped the jury would be in finding out his side of the story. They, now, now you know, they went to detail us. My nickname was Johnny Barbell. I always wanted to be the strongest, the fastest. I, I could deal with a lot of pain. I mean, my father used to spank me, and, you know, he tried to get me to cry. I wouldn't cry. Um, they, you know, uh, I played sports, and I was yeah, on the he, varsity He looks team. like... I was a triathlete, ran, cycled, swam. He looks like a guy so, that... He's in great physical you know, he's condition. Just, he's just a good old boy. You know, he's a Marine, or he was an Army guy. 
But this this is part of the show where this is part of the episode where maybe stronger. The feeling I get is this is the extra, right? This is the extra. He can. Um, I I think you could do without it. But the crazy thing is, is his case comes first. His marital rape comes first from before her assault or, I don't know, mutilation case. How's that work? This guy is Jonathan Whitaker. He looks old. He looks bad. So... 1718 at that this point. This is another like, neighbor. Well, you know, this guy's cool. We started out in, in the, in, on the weights and stuff like that, and it was like uh, he got on the treadmill, and it was like he started out slow, but then he was like trying to run as fast as he could on it and was doing well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, damn, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Like, I'm not getting on there going that damn fast. He fancied himself like Jean-Claude Van Damme, and he actually had these, these natural good looks and this, this strong body. He even signed into his pool as Van Damme. Biggest misconception about me, uh, uh, that I'm a violent person. Just because you're in that field uh, where you use uh, uh, violence or. Uh... And so they're here, they're just showing pictures. You know, watching this episode, they're talking about how they met. Here's the publicist talking. At this point, I'm thinking to myself, ex-Marine dismembered by his wife goes on trial. Bobby Trout draws world attention. I'm thinking to myself, how is this? How do, you know, like, I'm stuck on the fact that his case is first. John Wayne Bobbitt, jugé pour viol sur la personne de son épouse Lorena. You think a famous movie star, politician, or member of the Kennedy family was on trial here? Reporters from all over the country and the world have focused on the case against John Wayne Bobbitt. Manassas is basically a bedroom community to Washington, D.C. We're a suburb. We're the home to a lot of government workers and military people. We're only 25 miles from D.C. Which is not far. Why do you think not so far. much attention is being paid to this case? Of course, it's a simple story of, of, of violence and denial and marriage going amok. You know, she said, he said, back and forth. A little bit of Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas, I think, filters through to us. See, this is, to me, this is all politics. It's all politics. Personal relations, uh, public relations. I don't know that. You'd have to ask her. And this is that Jenna lady. And this is tripped out. All these shirts. These shirts. It says uh, Manassas, cut above the rest. And, <laughs> and underwear to sell and, and other paraphernalia, capitalizing on the notoriety Manassas was getting. We're not doing anything more than the media is doing by being here. We're just selling something for them to take home. I was in the shower one morning and I thought... And here's the lady. Manassas, Virginia, a cut above the rest. <laughs> oh, I also did boxer shorts for his trial that said, uh, Manassas, Virginia, don't cut me short. <laughs> I wanted to be here to see what was going to happen because nothing like this has ever been Manassas before, and I think it's very exciting. Casco's ice was the cause of his penis being saved. I haven't heard from John Bobbitt. I haven't had a thank you from him. I don't think it had as much notoriety since uh, oh probably the Civil War. Up until now, Manassas, a town of 30,000, has been known as the site of several civil war battles, including the Battle of Bull Run. And they reenacted, of now, course. one newspaper dubbed this the Battle of the Bobbits. The Battle of the Bobbits. Oh, and this was gracious. all set against the backdrop of an And this is crazy because there's pictures with her autograph and his autograph in so it. So many cable channels. Of them walking into the courthouse. Of conduit to the public that didn't exist in an era when there were like three or four big broadcast networks. CNN was kind of the dominant news broadcaster at the time. For the first time, I think CNN was feeling the pressure to compete. They say that these tabloid channels and O.J. Simpson case started were not court TV, intricate matters, but really it was the Bobbitts that started court TV. They were 
tabloid stories. Public obviously wants this crap, but in my view, it's pornography. It's about arousal. At this yeah, time, it yeah. was kind of the Very era 100. of court TV um, that was broadcasting things all the time. Only court TV takes you inside America's most dramatic trial. There's yeah. nothing more dramatic than something that's real. Trials are great. You have a protagonist. You have an antagonist. You have a referee. It's the dramatist's dream. In this case, it, 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 it took on a life of its own. It's hard for me to understand. Yeah. It was a yeah. circus. Um, I can't disagree with the prosecutor at all. Forget. It was out of control. Out of control. Absolutely. You know, going past all these satellite that's trucks and Lorena talking cameras and people want to talk to you and it's crazy. It's because this act is out of this world. What she is did is out of this of world. A batterer who forced sex on a young and fearful wife so many times she finally went over the edge. Or is she a calculating jealous woman enraged over and not only that, sex, her boss found a way to make herself to relevant. This is all on her boss. John Lorena's Wilson boss is the one that made this into this sideshow. Into this over the top, into this aggressive ridiculous worldwide attention notice to serve for jury duty this is a juror prince william county and it never dawned on me that the, the jury for his trial was starting the day that i was supposed to show up for jury duty so i said you know put your big boy panties on and get in there and just big deal with boy panties <laughs> someone said oh it'd be really funny if you There's ended up on juror. that jury i was like no never and sure enough yep <laughs> Uh, trial by jurors are just so John's mean. trial was obviously a just so sexual risky. crime because he was accused of rape and abuse. So they had to have our permission, and I said, no, we're not going to allow them to put this on TV. A courtroom artist is there because the camera can't be there. How great are courtroom it's artists? It's not just about drawing a picture. It's to assist in telling the story. It was clear as part of our strategy, I was definitely going to put John on the stand. And the, this first picture here is of my uh, direct examination of John, uh, giving him the opportunity to tell his story as to what occurred uh, during that, that fateful night. Anytime I see a, a jury, uh, I think about that movie John Cusack was in and Gene Hackman, Runaway Jury. That is just so dangerous, man. So dangerous. So right now in the show, they're talking about a picture. It's to assist in telling the story. They're, they're showing the artist rendering. Part of our strategy, I was definitely uh, John on the stand. They're putting I mean, subtitles on what was happening during that time of the of rendering. My uh, direct examination of John, uh, giving him the opportunity to tell his story as to what occurred uh, during that that fateful night. Did you work all day? Yes, until 2.30. And what did you do after that? My boss said, you know, that he didn't need me that night, that we were slow and I could go home. And did you then go out with Robbie that night? Yes. We went hung out in a few clubs and had a few uh, beers, Budweiser's, and we had what's called the B-52. People think it's a strong drink, but it's not. It's a candy drink. It's a Bailey's Clue and Grand Marnier. It's a three-layered shot. It's a candy drink. It's not, not a lot of alcohol. So we had two, two of those and two beers and all night long. That's it. How, how are you feeling? You know, I didn't feel I was under the influence at all. I don't know if anybody tired. understands uh, being exhausted and dead tired where, like, an earthquake couldn't wake you up, you know? I even folded up my clothes. A drug person don't to fold their clothes. Because <laughs> my, my clothes were neatly folded, folded, you know? Mr. John Wayne Bobbitt seemed like a... Um, the the jerk. A, a very likable kind of guy. He was kind of deceptive the way he looked. He looked straight as a ramrod, very attractive. Ramrod? <laughs> poster boy Marine, I thought. 
It's been a day like of a graphic and dramatic testimony in the trial of John Bobbitt. Jurors had a chance to hear Bobbitt give his own version of events on the night his penis was severed by his estranged wife, Lorena. John Bobbitt's attorney argued today Bobbitt's a nice guy, but not the most sensitive lover, that he did not force his wife to have sex, and that she attacked him because she was unsatisfied sexually. In court, Lorena Bobbitt tearfully told her story to a jury of nine women and three men. But remember, this is not about the cutting of the pen we appendage. We can only consider. It's about him um, being abusive, the, marital the rape. Question, I guess, about, about the rape. We could not consider um, her actions after or all the things that he had done before. Right. The judge ruled that only incidents within five days uh, of Lorena's action would be admissible. If he was to be convicted, it would have to be on what he allegedly did on June 23rd, not for prior bad things that he did. Exactly. Because of laws in Virginia, I wasn't able to talk about the whole history of abuse. We only go from the date that this happened up until five days before. Five days only. Oof. After he had sex with you in the hallway on the floor on Friday, did he say anything to you about that sex? Yes, he said that for sex excites him. For all his words, what happened Sunday morning? We have consensual sex. Why did you decide to have consensual sex if he raped you on Friday? Because I was afraid that if I, did, I don't, then he will rape me anyways. In my mind, I just remember his voice saying that... She's attractive. I will follow you no matter where you are. And I can have any kind of sex he wanted with me. And once Mrs. And, you know, Bobbitt took the witness stand, she described language. the incident in detail, breaking into tears at times, how her husband pinned her down, stifled her screams, tore off her clothes. Afterwards, she said she pushed him away, saying, how could you do this to me again and again and again? When I first had my initial vision of her, she seemed very frail. I got this dual conflicting personality thing from her. She wanted to be the victim, but at the same time, she wanted to be a strong woman. Yeah. It was crazy that she would kind of flip-flop back and forth. If you're gonna try to get your case won, you should stick to a theme and stay with it. Give us an idea of how the testimony went today. Give us some examples of the testimony today. Well, I think probably the most damaging testimony to the prosecution side was when the doctor that examined Lorena Bobbitt got on the stand and said that when he examined her, he saw no outward physical signs of rape and that her mental state didn't fit that of a victim. Another uh, scientist, another forensics ex expert got on the stand and say the panties that she wore, in his opinion, had been cut and not torn as, uh, as a prosecution witness. Fine. To show that you are, um, well, that it's rape, you have to show some force, use of force. Oh, that's tough, man. I said, I don't want to have sex, and I was trying to push him, but I I remember being on top of her. He forced me into it, and I heard my um, underwear was uh, ripping off, and uh, I was just fighting it. They look ripped. I hired the former... Um, uh, here comes head of forensics expert. in the FBI, and he reviewed the forensic evidence for us. I conducted both visual and microscopic examination of the fabric on the right side. Our expert said that there's a discreet scissors cut oh, in the crotch of those panties, and then somebody tore it. Uh, after my initial examination of the panties, I conducted another test. I attempted, I attempted to duplicate this separation just by tearing, but it was unable. The only way that I could duplicate this was by cutting the base with, the, on the uh, base. The testing came back to say that they were it, it, more likely cut by a pair of scissors than they were torn. I didn't believe someone would take scissors because no. with all the other details of, of the abuse, I remember thinking, why would she lie? Right. She probably did get I abused, the jury, but that didn't lead to this. She was just, she, she just snapped. The apartment, with her hands full of everything, she went directly to where she worked, the nail cuttery. What's the most prevalent instrument there? Scissors. Eh, come on, bro. You're reaching. So, you know, You're reaching. we don't have scissors out, you know, in the middle of an assault trying to cut garments. So we, yeah. so. Yeah. 
November 10th, 1993. What happens here? So we're coming toward, we're coming to the close of this episode. About five minutes left. Today, the end of round one in the family feud that has become the talk of this country, the Bobbitts. After two days of emotional testimony, it took a jury just a few hours to reach its verdict. I do remember just sitting at that table and everybody is talking about it around me. And I remember just looking at all of them and they were all so very um, amused, set in how they believed on how it should be. The they, woman they that should have been amused. I uh, kept saying in her heart, I just know in my heart that, you know, that he did it. You know, you can't. You can't go there. You can't do that. Make a vote from your heart. That's why jurors. You vote with your head. Trial by jurors is so risky. You have so these dumb, these we ladies. Got pictures of where she, you know, where she threw it, what she used. That was a big sidetrack moment for us. We weren't allowed to discuss anything before or after, really. Um, you guys have you to see this episode. The if you could see this episode maybe we lost sight and watch it with me. What he truly was on like, trial for. Like, put me on in the background while you're watching. You guys are going to want to finish this series. It's really good. It's really good. Here's the... Everybody ready? I guess the verdict. The jury of nine women and only three men did not buy the prosecution's argument and they reached a verdict after four hours of deliberation. When the words not guilty were read in court, Bobbitt leaped to his feet and hugged his attorney. Nine women. Hubby innocent. Off the hook. The state did not have any proof, any substantial proof that anything occurred that night. As you know, the jury has rendered their verdict. The Commonwealth, of course, is not happy about that verdict. Marital sexual abuse cases are always difficult cases to prosecute. I think that became clear in the evidence as it was presented to the jury. Who's clapping? John's who's testimony yesterday was very persuasive. Anybody who's met John and spent time around with John, the one thing that everybody has told me consistently is that he's incapable of telling the truth. Even when it hurts him, he's incapable of telling the truth. No, the other way. I mean, I mean, telling a lot. Ah, ah, right back. These guys are, these lawyers try too hard Thank to be God so fake. Anybody who spent time around John, and come on. Nobody has spent time around John, not even you. I'm thankful for the, the jury. They believe me, and uh, I just want to get on with my life, and, you know, because I got a lot Looks of like he just got natural Botox. Not just... Impressionless. He cannot make impressions. Like he, he, you don't know if he's mad. You don't know if he's sad. You don't know if he's tired. You don't know if he's happy. There goes these people. Oh yeah, you wouldn't have done nothing, lady. Look at this lady. Oops. He's got fans. He's got fans. There really wasn't any attention from the media on the extraordinary amount of abuse that occurred to her. Yeah, but it wouldn't have mattered. This. It wouldn't have mattered anyway. really only heard one side. Nah, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. This lady trying to stretch. You know, my sense is that in many respects, John's trial was a dress rehearsal for Lorena's trial. His was like a little, you know, little playoff game. Hers was like the Super Bowl, the whole thing. This is not the last we'll see of the Bobbitts. They are scheduled to return Crazy. to court later this month for her trial on malicious wounding charges. Malicious wounding. Television cameras would be allowed in the courtroom <laughs> for that trial, and there's anticipation. The world awaits her explanation of why she took a seven-inch knife and cut off her husband's penis. There it is. And that's the episode. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there goes episode one. I cannot do episode two, although it is good. And it talks about the trial of, uh, what did they call it? Son of a, forget what it is, malicious. <laughs> I got to replay it now because it's funny. Malicious. Don't be yourself. Oh, no, I got to redo the whole thing to just get that part. Let me see. It's malicious. To her. 
cameras would be allowed in there it is. this is not the last we'll see of the bobbits they are scheduled to return to court later this month for her trial on malicious wounding charges malicious wounding that's what it is malicious wounding Woo-wee. malicious wounding well there you go go to amazon prime watch the rest i'm telling you i'm telling you you're gonna enjoy it it's episode two it's called the woman in trouble or, you know, watch the whole thing. And you can fast forward little parts here because you heard them here. But there's no spoilers. I'm not spoiling anything for you. Things have happened. I'm just showing you. I'm just giving you <laughs> my thoughts on what's going on through this episode. It's pretty. It's 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 funny. It's really funny. But, like, episode two is good. I haven't even seen episode three. They're going to gonna have to put on episode three. Yeah. Okay. I thought I watched the whole thing. So. I'm going to have to check that out. But there you go. The Watch Along of Lorena, Episode 1. And the Lorena Bobbitt and John Bobbitt uh, documentary of him getting his appendage removed. So there it is. Now, uh, thank you for listening. And we will come back with another Watch Along. Might be a movie, might be a show, might be a, it might be a game. So uh, I would uh, talk to you soon. Good day.